Welcome to the 90th Minute Whistle Podcast presented by Live Sports. I am your host, Mario. I'm here with my co-host again, um, Lance. Yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go, man. Yeah, so let's hurry up and do this. Uh, so that you can... <laughs> charge, super charge now. Yeah, so um, there isn't much to talk about in the football world um, right now. But I've been paying That's attention. not true. Don't listen to him. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been trying to make, I've been paying attention to a lot of the other leagues around the world. Um, being that it seems like I'm the only person in the world that does that, at least on mm. any podcast or anything. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of people from around the world give us a lot more credit. Um, but I wanted to get into the, uh, a lot of people saw the clubs World Cup recently and some of the biggest questions that I get are, oh, I don't know this team. Like, where does this team come from? Where does this team come from? Um, which team is this? So um, I wanted to start off with the CONCACAF Champions League, which is close to home. It's in our region. Um, um, as you guys know, Lance, Leon and I are from Jamaica, so... Our team plays in the CONCACAF region, both for World Cup qualifying and for the CONCACAF Champions League. Granted, they make it very difficult for a Jamaican team to play in the CONCACAF Champions League. But that's, what, that's you know, I actually can discuss it today. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Mario and Leon is from Jamaica. I am from Africa. But <laughs> right now I'm just renting some space in Jamaica. Technicalities, technicalities, technicalities. <laughs> But yes, we're all from technically from Africa. But for some reason, we popped up on a small island in Jamaica. I wonder why. Yeah, mm. well, making the most of it, eh? Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, the the Red Stripe Premier League, which is our league here in Jamaica, um, has uh, various different qualifying stages to get to the CONCACAF Champions League. It will be starting... Um, next week and uh, one of the things I wanted to really bring up was uh, Monterey and the not just Monterey but how easy it is for other teams to qualify in terms of US and um, Mexico and yes. for the rest of the nations within CONCACAF I think it does them a bit of a disservice um, in terms of how, how much they have to go through to qualify Yes. Now, granted, the teams in the U.S. and Mexico are a bit more worldwide known. Yes. But the problem you run into with that is there's always going to be a team from either the U.S. or Mexico that win just because of the sheer amount and how easy it is for those teams to qualify. And the rest of the region's football will not improve. You want to educate us a little bit on... on that level of difficulty you're talking about, the relative level of difficulty for Caribbean, Central American teams as opposed to Mexico and US? Okay, so for the Mexico, for Mexico and the US, uh, they have uh, about four qualifying teams and one team each that goes into a playoff to get in. And so the four that's teams why... are what? The four top teams in their leagues? Yes. So that's and like... Then of... That's like Similar to Yeah, okay. Definitely. But I think that should be extended to other teams within the region. So what about Canada? Um, Canada qualifies within the US because they are they're um they're a part of the MLS. Okay. Now, but there's something to be said about some countries having more developed um leagues, um, more professional, more developed, and so the clubs are playing at a higher level, even Europe. Not all countries get the same number of spots into Champions um, Champions League. So, isn't there something to be said about that? That's true, but compared to the amount of um, countries in Europe, and granted, yeah. there is a lot of countries in CONCACAF, you really take into consideration the Caribbean. Yes. But if you look at the, the, the leagues that are the best in Europe, the top five leagues in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. The out of the top five leagues, three of three to three of those leagues have four qualifying spots. 
Mm -hmm. This Syria has four, English Premier League has four, La Liga has four. Mm -hmm. Um, the French League and the German League has three qualifying spots, automatic right. champions. Right. If I was to make the same comparison, um, in the Concacaf region, it would only be the U.S. and Mexico. Okay. Now the strange thing is. Despite having Canadian teams in the MLS, the Canadian Football League, Canada has their own professional football league. Mm -hmm. And those teams find it difficult to qualify as well. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to what you're saying. Not every CONCACAF nation should get. But if we were to look at the CONCACAF nations who have the most developed leagues or the best developed leagues, Yes. I believe that there's four leagues that should have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I would go, I would add to the, I would add to that mix. Um, Honduras, mm -hmm. Jamaica, those two teams should have at least three automatic qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And if I was to give two other countries, just at least two automatic qualifying spots, I would go with mm. Panama and, sorry, Canada and Trinidad and Tobago. Mm. Now, I know you're probably thinking, but Mario, Trinidad and Tobago is a terrible national team. Yeah, but their league is actually pretty good. Okay. I'm properly developed because a lot of like you can get you can live a healthy lifestyle off of playing football in, in Trinidad. Meaning compared not compared to Europe and all of that, but the players in Trinidad, and this is one of the reasons why Jamaica's football struggles a bit. Unless you're playing for maybe the top two teams in Jamaica, you cannot focus on football as your life goal. Right. Which is not the case in Trinidad, because Trinidad is no. a higher is a richer country. So, um, and, and so they get better sponsorships, um, more money into the club system there. May not be showing up at the national level, but you know, um, there's much more money. Their clubs are more cash rich. So I understand, I get that. And perhaps they, they clearly, they, when you have heavyweights in the region like US, Canada, and Mexico, they will bear an oversized weight on everything. Um, so there must be maybe some consideration to looking at some of the, what you're talking about in terms of giving more representation to other countries. Um, so, yeah, I guess it could it maybe need to look at. Um, and maybe not many of the other countries have been challenging it or asking for it to be looked at. They may maybe just taking what they're getting. You know? So it has to go with the whole power distribution within CONCACAF. That's definite. But you know, the funny thing is the men who have always run CONCACAF are from Jamaica, Trinidad and the Cayman Islands. Yeah, but it's not who is sitting there is who put them there. True, <laughs> that's definite. That's definite. It was behind um, the scenes putting the string. But yeah. in terms of qualifying, for example, the Caribbean teams, we have a tournament called the CFU Cup, right? Which is basically... Like this? Ah, yes, it does. Mm. <laughs> who, won the last, who won the last staging of it? I would have to, I would have to actually do the research for that. Yeah, because it's like, it's like, you know, you, you, know who, you know who won Champions League last season. You know who won Afghan before even this tournament. Who won the CFU? Exactly. Yeah. So mm. it's not it's not something that it's something very hard to keep up with. You have to really be in love with Caribbean football to keep up with it. But it is, it is, it does still exist because that's how Caribbean teams get into the competition. Mm -hmm. You have to win the CFU Cup. Um, mm -hmm. now to be in the CFU Cup, you would have to um win your league or finish as a runner up in your league. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two other cups under that, but I don't want to spend too much time getting into it. That's no. just, that would be a long conversation. But the yeah, point is, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the, two, the two best teams in the Caribbean, the two best leagues in the Caribbean, to me, should have three automatic spots. Mm -hmm. The two best leagues in South, sorry, Central America, 
mm-hmm. which is the Costa Rican League and the Honduras League, they should have at least two automatic spots. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the US, Canada, and Mexico should have their usual four. Okay. Now, of course, Canada would gain four because they they have they have difficulties qualifying as well if, if their team is not in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So um that's one of the things that to me would improve Kankaka football on a whole. Mm-hmm. Because then you would have more leagues having more players getting the opportunity. Yes. To showcase their talents. And the yes. funny thing is, the last time a Jamaican team, when I was growing up at least, there was always a Jamaican team playing at a high level within the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Jamaican team to reach very far in the competition, beyond the group stages, um, was Tivoli and Waterhouse. Mm-hmm. Waterhouse made it to the quarterfinals and got knocked out. Mm. I really shouldn't have. And we, Tivoli Gardens, went to the finals and lost. Mm-hmm. They would have been the first Jamaican team to. They went to the, the finals of the competition. Yes, we've had a finals. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if the match ended 1 0. But like I said, mm. Like, despite Jamaica's mediocrity on the international level, our league has had ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if you remember the days of the Jerry and Neville um, Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's still our Premier League, but when, when it was sponsored by Jerry and Neville, mm-hmm. we, had a, we, had, we were competing for the Champions League on a year mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Waterhouse got knocked out in the quarterfinals. And I think the following year, or maybe a year or two later, Tivoli went to the finals and lost. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, there have been Jamaican teams who pop up here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I think that there just should be better qualifying. Now, the Caribbean mm-hmm. has its own Europa League version of itself. The CONCACAF, um, CONCACAF have its own Europa League. Mm-hmm. So there's also an automatic qualifying spot if you win the Scotiabank Kankakaf Cup, which is basically our European. So there's mm-hmm. different ways they can qualify, but mm-hmm. I think they should really take a look at that in, um, mm-hmm. in terms of getting more teams to, or getting even better teams from all over the, um, mm-hmm. over the region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But to get into the matches, um, Tuesday, February 15th at 10 p.m., um, Montreal will be taking on Santos Laguna. Santos Laguna, of course, um, the champ, the runners-up, sorry, the runners-up of the Mexican League. They've always been in this competition. And to me, I think this match is one of the few that uh, will be entertaining. FC Montreal, of course, is from Canada. Um, a team that Didier Drogba played for, mm-hmm. um, Ives Balotabla, who currently plays for the Canadian national team, played for Barca as well. Um, mm-hmm. So they're a team that is going to be entertaining. Um, another entertaining match that I just think that should be watched is Pumas UNAM, which is one of the Mexican teams who have um, qualified. They will mm-hmm. be taking on Deportiva Saprissa. Mm-hmm. Um, Deportivo Saprissa is one of the best teams in the in the Costa Rican. Okay. But one thing about them is that they always play entertaining football. Like I said, there's entertaining football being played in Concacaf. Concacaf does a poor job of making promoting. it available, yeah, and promoting it. Um, which which always leads me into the question of why doesn't the to- because all of these countries in Concacaf their biggest benefit the biggest way their countries make money is off of tourism, mm-hmm. and I feel like the tourism industries within the Concacaf nations do too much competing with each other within government mm-hmm. rather than saying hey working together. Fo- yeah, football as a sport should be a part of our entertainment system. Our part, our our entertainment and part of sport tourism. 
yeah, it should be a part of sports tourism, as you said. That's, that's a better way of putting it. It should be a part of what you're doing on a, on a whole. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely think that that's one of the things that a lot of these countries should really look into is really mm-hmm. combining sports within tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other match that I would um, recommend people watch, and that match is on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Um, Jamaica time. Mm-hmm. But the New New York City FC, um, this this club is a part of the Manchester um, City group, the City yes. Football Group. Um, they will be taking on Santos de Guapiles again, one of the best teams in um, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another team that they actually they don't play particularly entertaining football, but they're disciplined, they're hardworking, they're a bit more pragmatic. Um, but in comparison to New York City FC, it should be a clash in terms of playing styles because New York City tries to do the same Manchester City stuff where they mm-hmm. play attractive football. Mm-hmm. No, I want to move over to a better region to me in terms of football, which is the CAF region, Africa. Okay. No, so, hold on. So, of- so, 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 so the CONCACAF Champions League is at what stage now? Oh, it's still in the group stages. Group stage. Okay, it's group stage. Okay. Yeah, because... No, no Jamaican team made it. I don't think so this year. Okay. Um, I think right. because again, I think we got knocked out in the playoff rounds. Mm-hmm. So okay. when you so when you win the CFU Cup, or if you win the CFU Cup, then you would still have to play a playoff match. Yeah. Right. That's why I say it's very difficult for us to get in. Mm-hmm. And maybe it speaks to the level of our football. I would say, I wouldn't even say that in all fairness. I wouldn't even say that. Okay. Like I said, it's right. more of it's more of like availability because you only have two teams going into the CFU Cup. And a lot of these teams in the US don't really, if you were to look, if we were to take it based on their play, they don't really deserve it over certain teams within Jamaica. Or there are certain teams within other CONCACAF regions that are better than them. For example, mm-hmm. Montreal FC. They're not one of, as much as they qualified, they're not one of the greater clubs within the CONCACAF region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's the last part of the group stages, I think, after this is the round of 16. Yeah. So it should be interesting going forward. Um, okay. To the, now, in the CONCACAF, no, sorry, the CAF Champions League in Africa. No, we'll just watch the African Cup of Nations, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's the same thing. A lot of people were surprised by a lot of people were surprised by the, the quality of play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were surprised by the quality of play um, within that region from the African players because a lot of the players who came this year were not from Europe. Mm-hmm. Granted, the team with the most European players carried was the winner, Senegal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if we were to look across the competition, you got surprises from a lot of players that were not known. Mm-hmm. And uh, the CONCACAF Champions League has really... Um, has really been entertaining recently because every team in every all of the top leagues in Africa just so happen to be improving. So you look mm-hmm. at the South African league with the Mamelo, the Sundowns, and Amazulu. Um, their teams have done well throughout the competition. Of course, if you watch the Clubs World Cup recently, which has been going on for the past two weeks, you mm-hmm. will see um, Al Ali, who are the champions of. Um, Egypt mm-hmm. and like I said it, it, Egypt has one of the best leagues in Africa overall whether you're a whether, whether you're a footballer who hasn't made it in the European level or let's say you live in Jamaica and mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to play in Africa don't mm-hmm. sleep on if, if someone was to send you to the Egyptian league trust me you mm-hmm. would be a very good life 
Okay. If they were to send you to the South African League, you would live a very good life. When I say very good life, you would be living like a European football. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so same thing goes for Morocco. If somebody was to tell you that, hey, I'm giving you an opportunity to play football in Morocco. Um, I know a lot of people would be like, oh, but I would prefer to play in the English Championship or something or even in the MLS. Hell no, I'm going tomorrow. There's a lot of leagues in Africa that pay well. Um, and a lot of people see Africa as just a broken down place. Of just for, But Africa is becoming, um, in certain regions of Africa, they are rich countries. And they support their football a lot. Um, yes. In some of the in some of the recent results, at least in some of the recent results, the Mamelodi Sundowns took on Al Hilal. They won one nil. Um, for anybody who don't know the Mamelodi Sundowns, basically look at them like the Manchester City of Africa. Really? Yes. They, they won the one... champion. They won the, 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 the league last year. Yes, they've been dominating the league for the past. Okay. Now, my favorite team, of course, is the Orlando Pirates. Um, they are one of the flagship clubs of Africa. Um, the Mamelodi Sundowns aren't some Orlando? big invest- Orlando yeah, Pirates? Yeah, they're from the South African League. In South Oh, boy. These African people just know easy to talk. Orlando. Is Orlando in the US? Yes, but there is a football club in Africa called the Orlando Pirates. That's terrible, man. Terrible. I mean, well, just, just yeah, yeah. There may be one of the only clubs in Africa that has that name, that has a like US based name. But am I doing am I doing well? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, in all fairness, doing well is is is. Uh, I wouldn't even as a fan, I would say that we're just starting to look better because we've been underperforming for years. We've lost legends since we lost legends like Benny McCarthy, Shabalala. Um, those since we lost those guys, it's been difficult to maintain our success. And we're one of the clubs in Africa that is looked at like a Barcelona, a Liverpool, um, Manchester, like Al Ali, um, the club that I just mentioned from Egypt. They're the Red mm. Devils. They're like the Manchester United of um, mm. African football, at least the Sir Alex era. Mm. So they're seen as like one of the flagship clubs of African football. You, you hear the name mm. Alali, Orlando mm-hmm. Pirates, the Kaiser Chiefs from South Africa, Raha mm-hmm. Casablanca, which is from Morocco, Wyatt Casablanca from Morocco. Um, but of course, things change and investors come in. And for example, in Egypt, um, there's a Saudi investor who took over a club in Egypt and renamed them Pyramids FC. Mm-hmm. Now, they're currently playing in, in the CAF Confederations Cup, which is basically the Europa League of Africa. Which is where the Orlando Pirates are currently playing. So even though I've told you that the Orlando Pirates are a flagship club of Africa, and they're one of the most well-respected clubs, they're playing in their own Europa League of Africa, which is why I said as a fan, I wouldn't say that we're doing mm-hmm. great. We're doing great mm. in the league this year, but we should be beating the Mamelodi Sundowns. Mm. But the Sundowns have owned the league for the past four years. Um, mm. Raja Casablanca, one of the flagship clubs of African football, they're the best team in Morocco. Um, they would be considered the Barcelona of um, African football. They play entertaining football. They actually have a good relationship with FC Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, they played Amazulu and beat them 1-0 yesterday. Um, it was kind of a tight match. Um, it's the group stages. So um, a little bit of a cagey affair. But Amazulu right now aren't playing well. They aren't following up what they did in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished second in the league last year to, um, in the South African League. Amazulu is a South African club. They finished yes. second in the league to um, the Mamelodi Sundowns. Okay. But they haven't been living up to that this year. I don't know if it's because they're going to have more matches to play. Mm-hmm. But 
um, they they should they are they have been struggling recently, both on in the league campaigns and as you see their struggles continue in the Champions League. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um. So so where is the competition now? Oh, this is the group stages. Start of the group, group stages. stages. Okay. Start of the group stages. So they all culminate around the same time as Champions League June. Yes, they all finish in, in June. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. only one that runs late in the year is the Asian Champions League, and that's why I haven't spoken about it yet because it hasn't started. Right. Mm, the Asian okay. League starts in March and ends in about November, mm-hmm. and that's when their Champions League ends as well. So the world, the club, the club, um, World Cup now that is representatives from all of the different confederations yes um so the so, winner of each confederation yes play at the um club clubs work. so you have um you have calf conquer calf conmebol uefa asia that's it and then i uh, know you have ofc as ocean oh so you have six yeah, there's six, six, six confederations. Now, the um, Conmebol winners um, and the European winners have automatic semifinal spots. Right, right. So the rest of the, the other four teams um, kind of have a little semifinal before the semifinals. Yeah. Who is the Conmebol? Palmeiras, if, 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 if we're to go based on what just happened in the Clubs World Cup recently, um, Palmeiras would have been the, of course, Brazilian champions and the Copa Libertadores champions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have been the ones who represented Conmebol. Um, Alali, the Egyptian team, they are the con- they are the CAF champions who represented. Um, Monterrey, who, mm-hmm. Monterrey were the Concacaf. Concacaf, right? As a Mexican yeah. club. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a Mexican club. They're a club that has been consistently winning the Mexican League. They've yeah. won a lot of CONCACAF Champions League titles as well. Yeah, so I've heard about team... Monterrey and, and like Chivas. And I've read about those some Mexican Don't even mention Chivas to me because they're my favorite Mexican club and they've been garbage for 10 years. Okay. Mm. I just watched them lose to, 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 to Tigres the other night. Now, granted, Tigres is a club in Mexico that spends money, and that's a problem with Chivas de Guadalajara. Chivas mm-hmm. de Guadalajara is the Barcelona of Mexico. Mm. They're being poorly run. They are forced to depend on their youth system, and they don't have any money to spend. Okay. So teams like Monterey now, who can buy failed European players or failed guys who are supposed to like step up in Europe, mm-hmm. um, I hate using him as an example because I think he's a good player, Joel Campbell. Mm-hmm. Joel Campbell played for Arsenal during the Arsene Wenger era. He's one of the youngsters that Arsene Wenger brought in. He had a great World Cup in 2014 for Costa Rica. Right. Yep. Very, was supposed to be a breakout star. Yeah, just, like, um, just like Ames Rodriguez. Definitely, but Ames was more due to injury. And at least Ames played well for Real Madrid, played well for Bayern. Um, but yeah, too many injuries. Too many injuries. Um, Joel Campbell didn't even slightly live up to expectation. Mm-hmm. Even when he went to smaller clubs. He went to Real Betis um, in La Liga, who are doing well right now. They decided to give up on him. Um, and he's now one of the best players in the Mexican League um, scoring for Monterrey. He played in the World wow. Cup as well. Mm. Um, still one of Costa Rica's all-time top scorers. Um, still doing well for them. He's the one actually carrying the team now because most of the guys from that 2014 team were already old and in their prime. Mm-hmm. So the only two guys left from that 2014 team was Kayla Navas, the goalkeeper for Paris Saint-Germain who won everything with Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joel Campbell. But Joel Campbell was supposed to be on that same level as Kayla Navas. Mm. Where you're a world-class player. But he's playing mm-hmm. in the Mexican League right now. Granted, playing well, Playing for one of the top clubs in that league, but you know. Mm-hmm. And then the Asian club that the Asian club that represented 
um, was Al Hilal. Mm-hmm. Now, the Asian Champions League is a bit weird because they do include the guys from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Al Hilal is definitely one of those teams that is kind of skewed because there is a Saudi Arabian, there is a Middle Eastern Cup, but just it, it's similar to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Where we do have our own little champions league, but there's a bigger league that we overall play. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so Al Hilal is one of the best clubs in Saudi Arabia. I would argue the best club in Saudi Arabia right now. And they played at the um, FIFA Clubs World Cup recently. Al Hilal, right. you Yes, but they lost 4 0 to Al Ali, which is the Egyptian club. Oh, I was gonna say the, the Egyptian club. It's okay, very similar. Al Al Ilal and Al Ali. Okay. Yeah, got their got got their <sighs> doors yeah. got the doors blown off of them. Mm. Um, for the third place medal. And mm-hmm. Al Ali, the African club. So basically, you're starting to see how the how the regions really stack up. Europe is mm-hmm. first. South America is second, Africa is third, Asia is fourth, um, CONCACAF is fifth, and um, Oceania is, is sixth. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that um, perspective, like that's one of the things um, that's kind of, and then Oceania does allow some Asian clubs within their league, so it's kind of skewed based on where you are. Mm. Okay. Because, for example, um, Al Jazeera, they play in the Arabian Gulf League, but they came in as the Oceania representative. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the FIFA has been trying to FIFA has been trying to make the club's World Cup um, become a bit more popular than the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that's kind of like a fool's earn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you think it's like a fool's earn to try that? Because mm-hmm. FIFA has been working hard at it. They've They've changed the region so that you could watch the matches. Because usually for the Clubs World Cup, you'd have to, it's normally held in Japan. Yes. And you would have to wake up at, for example, let's say that you're in Jamaica or in the US. You would have to wake up at four in the morning to watch FIFA Clubs World Cup. I remember when Barcelona was taking on Santos FC in the finals. Um, I was still in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. Neymar was this young hotshot guy from Brazil who was literally taking the world by storm. Already playing for the Brazilian national team, um, was supposed to be the next Pele, and he won everything for Santos, but the clubs were. Um, he ran into Lionel Messi and Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, which was Pep's final season. And... Uh, that much, I remember getting up at four in the morning before I had to go to school to um, stream that match on my laptop. Um, do you think, Lance, do you think there's any way that FIFA could try and make um, any efforts that FIFA could try other than the scheduling? Because they've moved it to the Middle East so you can actually watch it at midday. Other than the scheduling, do you think there's any way of making the clubs work more appealing to everyone? Make it more more in more um more entertaining to fans, more appealing to fans. Or did you yes. say injured pro? Okay. Um, um because it, it comes at an awkward time. Usually it's in December when you know um trying to get that time when it's cool off. Um when people not really as much when football is maybe taking a little bit of a breather and that's a problem with all of these different tournaments trying to squeeze in and trying to find an appropriate time to have and perhaps the best way the only way you can really get focused on it 
is to get all the leagues to pause for a week. Like an international break. Yeah. But use it, use it for the Club World Cup. You know? That's the only way maybe you can get focused on it. Because once other competitions are going on and stuff, and there are so many things competing for the eyes of people nowadays. I mean, you know, you have social media, you have all kinds of things going on this weekend. You know, you, you, know, you have so many other sports events and you have outside of sports, woolly pop events. So the real the only way you can really bring attention is to um is to reduce the traffic and by maybe it's pausing everything else to give attention to it. That's it. Okay, definitely. Um now Lance, uh as as I've always told you, I watch a lot of leads from around the world. Right? Um you watch a lot of what? Different football leagues from around the world. And uh, one of them that I end up watching is the Ecuadorian League. I know that, uh, you know that I watch the Brazilian League, the Argentine League, a little bit of the Uruguayan League. In all fairness, I only watch one club, which is Peñarol, which mm-hmm. is where most of the best European, most of the European footballers who make it out of Uruguay, they usually play for Peñarol. Mm-hmm. Um... What's the name? Penny, Penny what? Penarol. P-E, it's, it's, pron- it's spelled Penarol, but it's pronounced Penarol. So it's P-E-N-A-R-O-L. So guys like Diego Forlan. Guys well, where's like, the league? Where's, where's that team? Um, in Uruguay. Okay. And of course, Cavani and Suarez will be going back there. Really? Yes, in all fairness, before Suarez went to Atletico Madrid, he had already agreed to go back home to, to Uruguay to Penaro. Mm. Um, but it didn't really, it didn't really, again, when Atletico Madrid came in with a deal, he was like, all right, I'm not going back home. Mm. Um, but I've been watching the Ecuadorian League. Mm-hmm. And one the of Ecuadorian the Ecuadorian t- League. Yes. And Where do you watch reason. that? Where do you go to watch that? I cannot say it on the podcast because technically it's legal. Technically it's what? <laughs> technically it's not legal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, the reason why I've been so entrenched in the Ecuadorian League is because of want. And this team has come close to winning the Libertadores for the past two years. Mm-hmm. And they've been competing with teams that are at the top, with um, with teams from Brazil, teams from Argentina, who are the, usually the teams who win the country, the Conmebol Libertadores. Mm-hmm. It's usually an Argentine team or a Brazilian team. Really, mm-hmm. the Uruguayan team will win like Penarol. Um, mm-hmm. There's a team in Paraguay, um, Olympia. They will pop up every now and again. But Barcelona, and granted, I am I there is a bias to why I to why I support this team in Ecuador. Um they're called Barcelona SC or Barcelona Guayaquil. Mm-hmm. So Barcelona Guayaquil is basically a copycat of Barcelona FC mm-hmm. within the Ecuadorian league. They mm-hmm. try to play like Barca, they play the same formation, they damn near mm-hmm. same color jerseys. But what has impressed me about them is that they've actually um, made it to um, the semifinals of the Libertadores last year, quarterfinals the year before. And they're always a team that's in the knockout stages of the Libertadores. And I always wondered, where did that club, where does that club lie? Now, Mm -hmm. if I was to ever play football again and somebody was to say, hey, you're getting a chance to play in the Ecuadorian League, um, if they told me that I was going to get a chance to play for um Barcelona Gaia kill, I would actually take the chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're a club, they're 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 probably the only club in Ecuador that can truly pay their players a lot because they're always in the Libertadores, which comes without cash prize just from being mm-hmm. in the competition. And I love I love the style of football that they play because they try to copy FC Barcelona from Europe down to the badge. Mm. Their badge is Barcelona's badge with a little bit of editing. Okay. Yeah, but um, the Libertadores. Um, I don't know if the Libertadores has. Yeah, the Libertadores has just recently started back. 
um, Barcelona Guayaquil actually kicked off the tournament. Mm-hmm. So they actually mm-hmm. kicked off the tournament and they drew their first match. Mm. Granted, mm. they got a they got a red card. They were dominating the match, but they drew their first match. So we're in the group stages right now of the Libertadores in Brazil. Mm. But um, we're coming down to the actual league that we want to speak about, and um, we're currently at the what seventy fifth minute. Um, within the ninetieth minute podcast, and yeah, we've we've actually spoke to the fourth official. Um, we want to make a substitute. Well, not really a substitution because Lance is still going to be here. But mm-hmm. one of our esteemed team members, Leon, will be joining us for the last 15 minutes. Leon? Good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are. <laughs> Welcome, Leon. <laughs> I guess I guess they're making it a real Super Bowl Sunday. You're a bit low there. Yeah, I have my money on the Rams to see if they can maybe take it home today. Oh, no kidding. Eh? Rams. Oh. Yeah, I think I think they're in better form than the Bengals. I think like I think the Bengals might push them. It might go either two ways. Like if the Bengals win, it's probably going to be a blowout. But I think the Rams can keep it tight and they can probably win it. Rams podcast, okay. guys. Next over. Yes, yes. Rams yes. podcast. Uh, next over, guys. <laughs> This is when um, you have a super. This is when you have super subs coming in. They they disrupt things. Yeah, well, like like I said, I don't mind if you know, but like I said, we can see that type of content for the next hour. That's why I value yes. Leon. I do value his opinion. Um, yes. yeah, we have we have a specific podcast for that type of talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but guys, it's Monday. Will be February fourteenth, and you know what that means. Time for Champions League football. Yes. <laughs> um. So lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I wanted to get in with these last last um, couple of minutes of um, the 90th minute whistle podcast. I just wanted to go over some of the Champions League games and get your guys' thoughts about it. Leon is a Chelsea fan. I am a fan of multiple clubs across Europe, um, including Chelsea, course, including Chelsea. But like, um, for example, I don't like to just announce that I'm a Chelsea fan because every week when Leon and I do a podcast. Like the fans hear me say, Oh, I'm a fan of Marseille, I'm a fan of Roma, I'm a fan of Barca. So, um, being that I'm a fan of multiple clubs across Europe, and Leon is mostly dedicated to Chelsea and Bayern, you are a die hearted Liverpool guy. I would like to get your guys' opinion on the rest of the Champions League. Yeah, you, you love to parade and market yourself as a globe trotter. I am. Like, I grew up watching football <laughs> from around the world. Like, I am a globe trotter. I am the journeyman of the group, if you will. Yeah, you're the hippie. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Leon, since you're the super sub, I want to kick it off with you. Your Bayern team is taking on another German club with Salzburg. I know it's not the most exciting match, but let's get the Austrian. 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 Oh, yeah, Austrian. But they're part of the Red Bull group, so we'll just get it. Yeah. Um, Austria has left Germany many, 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 many years now. You would know better than uh, me. Bayern, um, to be fair with you, there's only two players, not even two, maybe one player in the Salzburg team that excites me, and that's Karim. Other than that, um, Bayern wins. Lewandowski scored two goals, and two more goals will come from somewhere else. But Salzburg, if Salzburg knocks Bayern out, then I expect Nagelsmann to be without a job in that very same second. He's been toying so, with his. He's been toying with his job. I, I, I didn't want to come out and say it. I want to. Be he has been toying with his job, but yeah, the problem is that that has been Nagelsmann from Leipzig. But you see, what he doesn't understand is now you're at Bayern, and we expect a different level of commitment and maturity, and we do not expect the players to be coming onto the field thinking that they've already won the match. Because for Bayern to be successful in any of these latter runs of the Champions League match, regardless of who the opponents are, but they need to now come with the attitude that, oh, we can go home. Mm-hmm. Any, anything less, and that's the end of them. All right, before I get to, before I get to the matches that really, um, let me just get the matches that kind of were expected to get over the way. 
So mm-hmm. we're both Chelsea fans. Um, you and I were expecting to beat Lille. This little team is not the little team that won the this, league. Yeah, year. this little team is poor. Um, they're poor in the league. By their well, by the stats that they said last year, they're poor. Lost a lot of players, by the way. Lost exactly. That. So, but again, this is not again. You know, you already know my grievances with Lille over that. You know. They sell all the good players and now you're left with a bunch of youngsters again and you restart the process. But that's how they make their money. So you can't, yeah, you really can't fight a club for that. Exactly. They have no other avenues of making money. But yes, Chelsea should be Lil. Um, Lil will be competitive. They're, they're always going competitive. To work hard. Yeah, they're, they're going to make you know, They will run around a lot. But yeah, I, think, I think they go home. They go home. All right. Now... Two of my two clubs that I support are going to be playing against each other. I don't know if this match is relevant. Benfica versus Ajax. Yeah. Um, Ajax. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're giving you're giving it to Ajax. Ajax I is going to spank. Ajax is going to spank Benfica. I agree. They with you. are I, in. I, 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 go ahead. The form that this Ajax team is in it reminds me of Louis Van Gaal's Ajax team. Mm. They've scored 105 goals so far this season. Mm. That is an insane amount of goals scored. And they're not, and they're not conceding much either. Mm. This Ajax team, to me, is better than the Ajax team of De Jong, De Ligt, Neres, Zayic, that made it to the Champions League semifinals. That's the only, that's the only part where I disagree. That's the only part where I disagree. No, I, I, no, I feel that, you see, that team lacked, lacked a certain amount of fight. And he lacked an out-and-out focal point in attack. This Ajax team has that focal point in Sebastian Haller. That's where I agree with you. Though. Tactically, I think it's a better team. But in terms of quality of players, I, I no, no, no. Same quality level. of players, no, 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 no. I, I think that Ajax team had more talents, but this is because they had three fouls nine in attack. In attack, and yeah. inside forwards, they had they they lacked that penetration. And no, it was the lack of that nine. penetration that allowed Tottenham to knock them out. Now they have that four-cup point. They have that number nine. And Hala is showing that it was the West Ham that was the problem. It wasn't him that was the problem. Why didn't you go to West Ham in the first time? going to shit. All right, you know I'm not going to do that. But uh, Benfica. <laughs> what? No, I, I, no, Leon, like, no, Lance, I, me and Leon have gone back and forth about this a thousand times. Players, I know the Premier League pays a lot. Stop going to shit teams that can give you money. You're going to mess up your own career. Case in point, Maximilian Mayer, a player that was taught is as the great, one of, one of the next great number 10s. Before the Havertz and the Gortzas, you were, no, you were in Gortzas' generation, actually. So you were taught as a player that could possibly go on to win Champions Leagues. And what did you do? Go to Goretzka went to Bayern. And you decided that, oh, I'm not going to go to Bayern. I'm going to go to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Why? And then Goretzka, <laughs> and the two of them were free agents. Both played for Schalke. Bayern came both for of them both were the of two them. best products out of Schalke. Exactly. And Bayern came for both of them. One dumbass rejected Bayern. One said, like, okay, I'm going to Bayern and win the Champions. Muller will probably be on the bench resting his legs. No. If, if you had, Mayer if had Max gone Mayer, to... exactly. was touted as a future German captain, captain the under 21 teams, under 23 teams. Um, I wanted to say something quick about Benfica. Jorge Jesus, one of my favorite overall coaches in football. Thanks for coming back to Benfica because the club would be in such a garbage, but the club wouldn't even be in the Champions League if you did not come back from your stint in Brazil. Um, to save the club, I'm surprised they're in this position in the Champions League, so I do agree with you that Ajax might dog walk Benfica. Um, to another boring game, Villarreal versus Juventus. Um, so it's it's going boring, to be a boring game. I don't think it's going to be a... Okay, you know what? Yes, I'm right. Take that back. It is going to be a boring game. This is Unai versus Allegri. It is going to be a boring match. But Juve should win. The X factor for Juve is um, Vlahovic. I've never yeah. seen a striker I envy so much. Why? Um, for, go, go ahead. Um, like he's he is spectacular. I think he's the best striking prospect out of Italy in a very, very long time. 
Mm-hmm. And if he continues his trajectory, the world is his oyster, as they would say. He is really, he can't Lance, stop scoring. Lance, to give you some context, um, the first mm-hmm. time Leon asked me about Vlahovic, I told him this specifically. Vlahovic has two options. If he gets to the peak of his powers, he would be what Zatan is, Luandowski is, right, in, in their best of days. Mm. If he doesn't, if he even if he doesn't reach that level, the worst case is he becomes Olivier Drew. Okay, so he's a different, he's in a different class from um, Haaland. From um, okay, I would he has more technique to me than Haaland. Haaland mm-hmm. is more your one dimensional, straight up number nine, get mm-hmm. the ball to him in the box and he scores. I think with Vlahovic, he has room to develop more. I think depending on the coach that he gets, you could see him become um, like Dinatale. Mm-hmm. Or you might see him become more of a Zlatan SK, Lewandowski SK, a striker. That's that what I said. Like, I would, yeah. But you can, you can even see him becoming more of a fluid striker, more of your Aguero okay. Tevez mold of striker. So he has room because he has so much room to develop. Mm-hmm. He's so good right now, and his finishing is, his finishing is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like he's in that bracket where Haaland would probably go down as a legendary number nine, just With because Haaland has nine. a knack of scoring goals. But mm. Vlahovic would go down like a, as a complete a striker, a, uh, yeah, a complete, a complete forward, a complete okay, forward. okay, okay. okay. All right, so to move on to the next set of games, I must say, let's get the boring ones out of the way. Atletico versus Manchester United. Um, Christian Ronaldo's playground versus Atletico. You see, the problem is this United team is too busy complaining about training and complaining about pressing and complaining about how the assistant coach look to actually be taking football serious. And I think Ronaldo has, have it, has had it with them. So I do see Atletico walking over this United team because they're not up for a fight. And if you're not up for the fight with Atletico, then you might as well don't show up. Atletico not really in a great shape either. Yeah, yeah, true. But the thing is, Atletico, Mm -hmm. even if they're not in the great or the best of form, you're guaranteed to get 110% work ethic out of them. And if a team doesn't want to match that work ethic, they will outwork you. And that's how they will win. So they might not be in the best form going into the matches, scoring goals, the best playing, you know, but just because they will work hard, they will leave everything on the pitch. And in United's case, that's their biggest weakness. So mm. how are you going to try to break down a team that is willing to throw them body into every single tackle, that's willing to run for 120 minutes? They will be the first every second ball. If like United will have the talent and they might have the technique or the finesse, but when when Atletico will take you into a street football match where you have to work hard, and if you're not going to match them with the work ethic, then don't show up because you're not winning that much. So Atletico will just beat them just by outworking them. Okay, yeah, simple, simple. As simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Now the reason why I call it a boring game is because neither of these teams are playing pretty football right now. But mm-hmm. a game that will be entertaining, even if it's not, even if you expect, even though the winner is expected to be Man City, Man City versus Sporting. Now, let me give some context before you guys come. Ruben Amorim, one of the better young coaches coming out of Portugal, he used to play for Benfica. Um, I know him very, I know him very well from his playing days. Mm-hmm. He's seen as he's seen as one of those guys, the Pep Guardiola types, the uh, Marcelo Bielsa. He's from that mold or from that philosophy of passing football, entertaining football. So Manchester City might be seen as the winners, but if there's an entertaining football match to watch, it would be Sporting Central Portugal versus Man City. Granted, you might already think City is going to win or even go through to the next round, but in terms of just pure footballing entertainment, like you're going to get a high-scoring affair. It's going to be back and forth. I've underestimated Sporting a lot because I don't trust a lot of the talent in the Portuguese league right now. But mm-hmm. I trust their coach. 
And this this to me will be a very entertaining match. Um, Leon, your thoughts? Um, well, you see, Sporting is an entertaining team, and Sporting plays good football. And we've seen City City's weakness this season has been when a team has attacked them and pressed them. And Sporting will be up for that. Sporting will do that. Mm-hmm. Like City, there's a high chance City will win and City will progress. Just, just because of the talent that they have in terms of the players that they can field. Mm-hmm. But if there's a team that can maybe get two or three goals out of City and really turn this match into a shootout, I think Sporting can do that. And that's why I oh. think it's going to be interesting. Yes, yeah, Sporting's talent level, though, will knock them out. Awesome. I look forward to watching it then. Awesome. All right, Lance, I want to get you back into the conversation. How do you feel about your Liverpool team going up against Inter Milan? Well, you see, because Liverpool, um, well, in the last three matches, I think they've had, um, in the last four matches, I think they've had three shutouts. But I'm not confident in the defence. Um, that's my problem with Liverpool. Offence is a bit um, sporadic too. But, and then Inter itself, um, I'm disappointed recently in the Milan Derby. Uh, but clearly, I'm going to give the, the, the edge to, to Liverpool. Uh, it is, I think this match is at, at, um, in Italy. Um, the, the first, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this first match is a draw and Liverpool have to win it um, at Anfield. Inter because, is tired to me. Repeat that. Inter's, Inter's players seem to be tired. They seem to Tired. be Yeah, like, I don't know if it's their new playing style, because like I said, their playing style last year was a bit more sit back and then hit you on the counter. No, mm-hmm. they, are, they are a team that plays a lot more position-based football, and it seems mm-hmm. like the mid-season legs have really been like, you know, as I said, they disappointed in the Milan derby because, mm-hmm. like, within, by, the, by the 70th minute, they sat back because they mm-hmm. seemed tired and AC Milan took advantage. Against Napoli, they drew their match against Napoli this weekend. Um, ruining yes. my betting streak. Because, mm. again, it seemed like, oh, they're running out of steam and it's just mid-season. So, if yes. there was a chance for Liverpool to get a win off of them, even in Italy, it would be yes. no. Simeone's playing style is not the same as Conte. It demands a lot more because you are the dictator. You're not sitting mm. back and waiting for somebody to lose the ball and pick on the counter. You're a position-based okay. team now. Well, I think that the next four weeks is a key period for this Liverpool team to see what they're made of and what really they're going to take from this season. Um, you like your new signing, by the way? You like Luis Diaz? <laughs> I haven't seen him, you know. Tell the truth, I haven't seen him play it. Um, I think I was glimpsing a match. It was yesterday? Or it was yesterday? And I think they were... Yeah, yeah he assisted him. Yeah. He, had a, he, had, he, had a, he had assisted him in his debut. Dribble yeah, pass I saw, on the line. Yeah, I saw I saw just um a clip. Not even a clip, maybe about two minutes of a game. And I yeah, that's, talking. Yeah, talking like he, about him, talking up saying, you know, I'm doing very well and all. I said, like, okay, good. No, like he did uh, like he did in his first game, had an assist, and it was a beautiful one at that. Beat okay. beat the player on the goal line basically and pass yeah. it across the box to um Musala for a tap in. Um, he's looked good so far. You guys have a definite money replacement um, in Luis Diaz. Um, but let's mm-hmm. see if we can. And he's been great for Colombia. Granted, this is not the most talented Colombian team overall yes. as a team. But yes. he's definitely one of those players from, from South America who's entertaining to watch when he's on the ball. And his work ethic is great. Okay. Okay. I wish I could say the same about um, that guy from Bayern. In midfield. Oh, you talk. Um, oh no, Hamis. Hamis is done now. I no, think he's Hamis. talking. Not Hamis. He's talking. Thiago. The Thiago. problem is, you see. Oh, Thiago. How to use yeah. Thiago? It's, oh yeah, they don't, don't know how to use Thiago. Yeah, blame your manager. Don't blame Thiago. Blame your manager. Thiago mm. is Thiago is the most talented player that the entire team, including Salah. Y'all just don't know how to use him. Yeah, you they guys play. Pep, you give Pep to Thiago, and then you'll see something different. Exactly. You're playing the exact opposite. Of, of what Thiago does. <laughs> Thiago but he seems to be... He, he controls well, he, it. 
he, he seemed to be playing like uh, a box to box. No, that's what you. No, that's what that's what you're asking him to play. He's not. Though. He's yeah, but what you should do though, you should allow him to sit in that midfield. Just yes. Just to sit. Yes. And then just and behind then the strikers. Let, yeah. Yes. No, you have to even be behind the strikers. Even if you want him to be deeper near to the defense, let's yes. let him sit. Give him the ball, and, and then him allow him to pass. He can thread a pass to the entire defense, and all you have to do is tell. Salah, Mane, Firmino, but, but, but I thought that's what they were doing. Bob, but Klopp mm. is using him as a as a, a replacement, box to box, which is not his style. He's a person that likes to control the flow of the game. As and a matter of fact, dictate the game. To give you context, when he was coming out of Barca's academy, we considered him the combination of Xavi's skills with Iniesta's skills. Mm. So that's that. he can he can he can beat a player. If and he can thread a pass right through the eye of a needle. What De Bruyne so, is doing now is what Thiago can do. Just don't expect him to be making runs. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's, that's not his style. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like Pep would drop Roger and then put Thiago at the base of his midfield. Exactly. That's that's a good that's a that's a good point. Um, but that's why that's why I always saw that move was very strange. It was a very mm. strange move because Liverpool doesn't suit Klopp doesn't suit him. Mm. In all yeah. fairness, you should have tried to extend Wijnaldum. I, I, I thought you would have like tried to extend Wijnaldum. They did actually. Wijnaldum wanted oh. more money, so oh. he left. Well, and that's and what team. That's why they're going to lose Mane and Salah. That's why they're going to lose Mane and Salah. Yes, because Salah wants more money. The, the reported figures are four hundred k a week. And he's based on what other superstars are earning. You can't, you can't really fault him for wanting that. Um, like Lukaku's on what 300k, Kante's on 300k. That's just using mm. like uh, Havers is like 170, Werner's like 250 or 200, somewhere around there. So Salah mm. asking for 400k is in line with what a striker that has put up his numbers are getting. So yeah. Um, Liverpool has to, you know, check behind the the sofa and see what they can find. Cause no, yeah. let's talk. Let's Man let's talk. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're in the time. I don't know, guys. So and we have yeah, we're one. yeah we're into extra time. So um, PSG versus Real Madrid. Um, this match is more for image rather than to me an entertaining football match. Um, you could say that I'm biased as a Barca fan or a Marseille fan. You are. You are. All right, cool, whatever. But um, this is the, this is the, this is the El Clasico. Madrid wins. No, 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 don't say that word. Don't say that word. Um, when you talk PSV, you're seeing a Madrid, Madrid win. Yes. Really, you don't think PSG's overwhelming talent will be um, Madrid's well-coached team because they're not the most talented Madrid team right now. But PSG's overwhelming well. talent. Mm-hmm. He's going to come up against a manager that has shot down better talents. All right. Carlo Ancelotti has shot down better players, more informed players that are, that are playing in better teams. Carlo is the perfect manager that knows how to, other than Pep, that knows how to exploit talent that's not playing as a team. That's, well, that's just how it is. And like persons keep on like there's one factor that you never count against Real Madrid. There's no team, past or present, that knows how to win a Champions League time like Real Madrid. True. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. They've mm-hmm. rescued wins out of the jaws of defeat. With seconds left on a clock, they've managed to equalize to push it to the extra time. They know how to win these matches. It's annoying, but they know how to get it done. The biggest, and then PSG midfield is all over the place. All over the place. And Pochettino, does, Pochettino doesn't want to be there. Mbappe think, doesn't want to be there. Well, I think Poch wants to be there. I think he wants control over his team. Yeah, but he's, never, he's not going to get that control. This is the reason why Tuchel left. 
So all sorry. of the managers get upset and leave. Like even um Blanc and those guys like exactly. they hated the the the, the, the club. Kuchel got fired the because the director of football didn't like him, and he sold players. Tuchel told him not to sell, and Tuchel said it. He felt like a sport minister, not a coach. And Pochettino mm. is a coach, and I bet he's now feeling like he's a prime minister. He's, he's, no, not, he's not a coach. He's a, he's a symbolic. He's just there. It's not just even with um, it's not just even with Pochettino or just Tuchel. You and I, Emery, had the same problem. Laurent Blanc, who got them the closest to winning at our closest to the Champions League um, before Tuchel. Before, before Tuchel, Tuchel, yeah. He was fired out of nowhere um, and it was because of the relationship with um, how the club was run. So they're keep and the, the reason why the reason why I think it hurts for Pochettino even more. Pochettino was a player who played for PSG when they were a team, when they had Ronaldinho, Juan Pablo Sorin, JJ Okocha, um, guys like um David Gino. Well, this was slightly before Ginola. Um, this was slightly um after Ginola, but he was a part of this team as a player. So now coming back as a coach and getting the opportunity to coach his team when they had the, when they have a lot of talent. I think that's what hurts Pochettino the most. And um, you saw what happened to PSG last season when they came up against a team that had just as a, just as good amount of talent, but it was a team. City took them to the cleaners. All right, so, that's where we're we'll wrapping up to, um, today. Granted, the extra times the substitution was was a great sub. Um, and yeah, score only for goals. Um, as you come in. Um, but yeah, well, for end, the match, the, the referee have to blow the match, like we blow the opponents out of the water. So, um, Lance, um, I'm glad that you and Leon finally got to be on the podcast together. Um, oh, yeah, man, yes, but yeah, um, this is where we have to leave it for the Live Sports podcast for this 90th minute also podcast today. Um, so we'll see you guys next time. Awesome stuff.